Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Welcome back, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Still some more news around the NFL. Baker Mayfield, could he be on the move? He requests a trade. Cleveland Browns say no. And he's and it still might happen, right? Because, well, we usually know the players kind of win in these situations. Uh, how did it go so wrong so quickly? And maybe it's a good thing for the Cleveland Browns if they are able to unload Baker Mayfield. So we'll talk about the NFL. Allen Robinson just signed with the Super Bowl champion L.A. Rams. So good for him. Brett Martin, former Jags player, current MMA fighter Austin Lane here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 each and every day, 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. And Austin, you love this monster truck stuff. Monster Jam coming to town this weekend. Ronan has been there before. He oh, loves yeah. it. Absolutely. Does he have, well, I won't say who his favorite, but he has, his, the favorites change, don't they? Oh, no, the, the, the favorites. Grave digger to others. Well, the, the favorites definitely change. And, and now being that, you know, he is seven years old and, and he's into a lot of things in terms of, you know, video games and, you know, maybe Bakugan. Um, the, the, the guy that we're featuring right now, he might be a little bit of a fan of him just because in terms of toys, Ronan can relate to that, so. Ah, you said it, too. Yes. Bakugan. There we go. Uh, Bakugan Dragonoid driver Camden Murphy. I think we can call him Cam. Joins us on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Are we? Am I saying the name right? Because Austin, I'm sure, yeah. will get it right. What's up, Cam? How are we doing, gentlemen? You are absolutely saying Bakugan Dragonoid. You're hitting it right on the nose. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I'm sure... It, the, the kids all love you. We know that. Uh, and you love coming to Jacksonville because this is a fantastic place to put on a show with Monster Jam. You looking forward to this weekend? Oh, I'm, I'm so pumped. Actually, it's the first time for me to be here at TIA Bank. I'm, uh, I'm so pumped about it, though. I mean, it's beautiful weather here in Florida. Couldn't ask for anything better. But I I'm just pumped to be here. It's going to be a lot of fun. The Monster Jam fans have no idea what the, what's coming for them. I mean, if you've never been to a Monster Jam event before, We've got 12,000-pound trucks jumping 30, 40, 50 feet in the air doing some crazy and wild stuff. It is a great time. Cam, you know, it's wild just like the evolution, especially in the freestyle events, of what these trucks are capable of doing. I mean, when we talk about backflips, I've seen front flips. Like, how long does that take to dial in, like, in terms of getting it down so you know you're going to land it? Well, truthfully, honestly, a lot of the new stuff that we are trying nowadays is all done live at an event. So we don't always get to go out in the field and, and try new tricks and stuff like that, but doing backflips, it's pretty crazy. I mean, you, when you get to come to the event, you get to do the pit party, come see the trucks up close and personal, talk to all the drivers, take pictures with us, hang out with us, but see how big these trucks really are. And then when you get to see what kind of things we do with these trucks, it's absolutely incredible. Camden Murphy with us on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 as Monster Jam returns to Jacksonville coming up this weekend, uh, celebrating 30 years, uh, by the way. Uh, what's your favorite to try, and how nervous are you when you do try these new elements in a live show? Honestly, not nervous at all. We have a, a, line, a stellar lineup of drivers out here, so at least one of us is going to be able to pull off something super cool, but... Uh, I love doing a backflip and moonwalk. There's not a whole lot of us out there that have been able to pull it off. 
Luckily, I was able to get one last weekend. And truthfully, three of us, uh, three of the people that have been able to pull them off are all at this event here in Jacksonville. So um, not really nervous ever. I've been racing for about 16 years now. So motorsports is, uh, is my life. But I just can't wait to get this event going. There's going to be so much stuff. We've got one this Saturday. Don't want to miss it. Uh, start at 7 p.m. It's going to be a ton of fun. Cam, you mentioned it. You know, you've pretty much grown up with, with motorsports your entire life here. What was that transition going to the monster truck and, and like, sitting that high and just adjusting to how that thing handles and how that thing rides? Like, was there a, a kind of like a grace period that you had to take to try to learn how to drive this thing? Um, no, not not quite. You know, I mean, obviously it took a little bit just to kind of get used to it. But, you know, I, I've been racing a NASCAR since 2014. And, and you know, going from doing 200 miles an hour uh, in a 3,400-pound car to, you know, doing 40-50 in a 12,000-pound truck, <laughs> jumping and doing all sorts of crazy tricks, <laughs> a little bit of an adjustment. But, uh, but hey, I, I love racing. I love motorsports. I eat, sleep, and breathe it. Uh, Camden Murphy with us. Uh, he's got the energy that he, you can feel the passion uh, coming out of being around motorsports. But I mean, I don't even, I wouldn't even put the two in the same like zip code, you know, driving NASCAR and then doing Monster Jam. Like, I wouldn't even think there would ever be a connection. I mean, it's pretty unique. When did you make that decision? What's the story behind doing that? Yeah, so when when I started racing when I was, I was real young, I never really kind of had the, the push to do this as a career, but when I was about 16 years old, I decided that, you know, I want to race for a living. I want to be able to drive something and make a living doing it. Well, I basically decided to pack up my car in 2014, drove to North Carolina, and, and basically lived out of my car for a little bit, chasing the NASCAR dream, and, and uh, you know, it was a tough road. It's all about funding and sponsorships and stuff like that, and so I looked for other avenues of motorsports that I could possibly, you know, live out my dream and live out my goals with and found myself with an opportunity to go to Monster Jam University in 2016 and, and was fortunate enough to come out of there as part of the class of 2016 and my first year in 2017. And actually, it crowned the rookie of the year that year. So um, it, it's, you know, I still actually race in NASCAR. I'm planning on trying to do a couple of races this year, to, you know, sponsorship dependent. But, uh, you know, it, I'm very fortunate to do what I do. I love what I do. I'm the only person in the world that races in NASCAR and, and, and does Monster Jam as well. So, you know, it, it's incredibly humbling, and, you know, there's not a lot of people that get to say they get to do what they love to do. Hey, Camden. Awesome. I, Let me jump oh, in real, real quick. Uh, what's Monster Jam University like? What is that like? How is, how's the studying there? <laughs> Lots of hard, hard studying out in the middle of some cornfields, you know. Um, but no, it's, it's pretty cool, you know. I, I was uh, I auditioned with a couple legends, John Zimmer and Charlie Pawkin, and you know it was, it was a cool moment for me where you know I, I when I was a little kid I was watching these guys growing up and on TV, and now I get to audition with them and Tom Mintz as well, the the professor at MJU. So. Uh, it, it's a pretty cool place out there, trying all sorts of stuff, but just getting used to what these 12,000-pound trucks do with the rear steer and, and learn how to do wheelies and, and, you know, just control these massive beasts. I mean, there's a lot to it. A lot of people don't think about, uh, you know, everything that's going inside, going on inside one of these trucks, and especially with some of the tricks we're doing nowadays. I mean, we're doing moonwalks and stoppies and bicycles and all sorts of wild and crazy things. And, uh, you know, to think that we're being able to do them in these huge, massive trucks, it's pretty cool. Hey, Camden, how is how is the mindset going from NASCAR to to Monster Jam, right? Because I mean, Monster Jam to me seems more like a sprint. You know, I mean, they're, they're short races, obviously, but even you know the, the the freestyle portions, you know, it's a few minutes here, a few minutes there. When we talk about NASCAR, I mean, you know, a race can be what two, three hours. So, like, does your mentality have to switch on and off between the sports? 
Great question, actually. Um, no, not at all. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've raced just about everything under the sun. I've raced road course racing with, with uh, sports cars, and I've done a little bit of everything in the motorsports world. And, and truthfully, for me at least, it's all the same in a roundabout way. You know, they're all, uh, it's all motorsports, it's all cars, it's all about uh, being able to handle a machine. And, uh, you know, long or short, doesn't really matter. But, um, you know, great question, though. It's, you know, it, it is kind of interesting. We've timed it out where we're probably only driving the truck for a couple minutes an event where, like you said, NASCAR stuff, an hour and a half to three hours, you know. So um, definitely, you know, definitely maybe got to try to make sure you're on your game right away. NASCAR is for the long haul. Monster Jam driver Camden Murphy with us here in Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. By the way, Monster Jam coming to town Saturday. You can get tickets MonsterJam.com. 2.30 pit party, 7 o'clock start time, and you know it will be packed at TIAA Bank. Uh, Jacksonville loves its Monster Jam, always has, always will, and they will on Saturday night. Uh, for sure. Camden, i got to tell you, like my co-host here, Austin, I, when, when we get guys like you on that have these unique resumes, I, I, for a while there I thought Austin was the only one with a unique resume, and then we continue to meet like other people like yourself going NASCAR and Monster Jam. But Austin played in the NFL for a few years. He's currently an MMA fighter. He does top 40 radio in the morning <laughs> and afternoon sports radio. So, like, that's his resume, right? Um, and, by the way, he's a Wisconsin guy, and you really cut your teeth up in Madison, right, uh, in, on the tracks up in, in Wisconsin? Yeah, up in the Midwest, uh, from Chicagoland area, and, and raced when I was younger, raced all across the Midwest, Madison, the Dells, Slinger, Wisconsin, uh, Lake Geneva, Rockford, Illinois, all sorts of stuff up that direction. So, yeah, definitely definitely was the, the stomping grounds for me in my younger career. <laughs> That's a small – yeah, so then you were racing at uh, Slinger Speedway? You talking about? Oh yeah, uh, off of Cedar Creek. Yeah, man, I've been there a couple of times. So yeah, it's definitely a small world. I mean, like in terms of you know, in racing in general, in terms of motorsports, you know, I mean, I I, I, I appreciate it. I watch it, but I don't follow it, you know, to a T. I mean, in terms of the Midwest, like, is that where you get your start in motorsports, or like, is it better to grow up on the West Coast or the East Coast per se? Well, you know, NASCAR and stuff like that is, is truthfully based out of North Carolina, the Charlotte area. That's where I live now. Um, but I always have believed that the best racers have always come out of the Midwest. You know, you got Matt Kenseth and a lot of Jeff Gordon, a lot of these guys that came out of the Midwest um, where, you know, I, I feel like, yeah, I, you know, I, I think we've got some of the toughest competition, some of the best racetracks like Slinger and the Dells and all those racetracks up there. Um, you know, definitely cutting their teeth up there for sure. But, Oh, man, you got to come south for the racing, but I'd say some of the best come out of the Midwest for sure. Hey, Brent, you hear that? The, the, the Midwest is kind of like the SEC in terms of racing. He's just giving a shout-out to his hometown. Ask Jimmy Johnson that question. He'll say California, right? I mean, I, listen, I get it. I'm from New England. I'm sure we can find someone up there. I'm just kidding with you. Kevin Murphy with us, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Uh, let me ask you, would you feel like you would be a trendsetter at all here? Do you think there will be others that could follow your path? Uh, because like we were mentioning, it's a pretty unique path, and you're the only one doing it right now. Yeah, you know, uh, you never know, honestly. Um, I'm, I know there's been a couple that have, have made the attempt and tried, um, but, you know, the, the, the business model and, and how all that the sport works is a little bit different than the NASCAR world. You know, NASCAR is definitely based off of the, the partners and sponsors to, to be able to get the job done and get to the racetrack, and Monster Jam is not so much. You know, it's a kind of a different business model. So um, I will say 
you know, Monster Jam takes up uh, a lot of time and, and you know, it kind of takes in and eats up some of my NASCAR schedule, at least at the beginning half of the year and beginning of the NASCAR season. So it's definitely a tough juggle. You know, you're going to have to commit to one or the other, full, you know, to, to do a full season. So, um, I, I mean, I, I hope, I, but I will say it's pretty awesome and, and incredibly humbling to be the only one that does it, or at least the first <laughs> one. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's, it's definitely cool to be able to say at least being the first one that done it. So, um Hey, there might be one in the future. You never know. I know if you have tried, but uh, I hope I, I get to hold that title for a little bit longer. That's really cool, uh, Camden Murphy. We appreciate taking a few minutes, man. We'll see you at TIAA Bank on Saturday night, maybe at Daytona International Speedway, like later in the summer or something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely have to get a hold of you guys, get you out of the track. And we'll, but most importantly, see you at the event this weekend with Monster Jam. It's going to be a ton of fun. Some of the best drivers in the world are going to be out there. Some of the crazy stuff going on this Saturday, 7 p.m. You do not want to miss it. Come to the pit party beforehand. Meet all of us. And, like, unlike any other professional sport out there, you get to meet the actual professional uh, athletes that do it. So uh, come on out. Don't want to miss it. MonsterJam.com. Get your tickets. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, Tom. Good luck this weekend. Thank you, guys. All right, that is Camden Murphy, uh, Bakugan Dragonoid Truck. Uh, keep an eye on that Saturday, and I know a bunch of families and kids uh, are going to that Saturday night, no doubt about it. Uh, I've already had a few requests <laughs> like on Saturday. Uh, so it'll be a great night. I haven't seen the weather in Jacksonville on Saturday. I hope it's a fantastic night uh, for Monster Jam. And those guys are so cool. They're interesting backgrounds. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is wild. Isn't it? I mean, it's so wild to go. Like, it doesn't even, you can tell, like I said, I told him, you tell me that's motorsports, but I mean, that is like as far away from like the same genre. Yeah, you know, without a doubt. And, he, and he's so <laughs> casual with, because like, I would think going from driving a monster truck to like a NASCAR, like, it's completely different, I, I would feel like. You know, I mean, like, everything has to be different. The fact that he does it, like, both in the same season um, is just so wild to me. So, yeah, props to him, man, the only person to be doing that. That's really cool. Uh, good luck. Uh, it'll be fun to watch him and his career. He's only 25 years old, by the way, uh, and had already been at it for, for quite a long time. Hey, the big story around the NFL, let's get to it real quick. Uh, Baker Mayfield, what do you make of this, Austin? Baker Mayfield requesting a trade following his, like, uh, it, it felt like a breakup letter to a girlfriend in high school yeah. uh, two, two days ago. And, and now the breakup is happening uh, on delay. You know, listen, everybody can do what they want to do. I don't, I don't think I fault the Browns here for looking into Deshaun Watson. Again, I don't know what the communication was like. And if, if it wasn't good, then shame on the Browns. But I feel like this is Baker being a bit soft and and... I'm not sure he's earned the right to be this soft about this whole situation. No, I mean, he's he's definitely soft. Um, I don't know if this is, like, the only instance, because, like, the, the way that he worded it, um, or, like, the way at least, like, ESPN worded what he said to ESPN, it, it seems like this has been a, a long time coming. At least that's kind of, like, by the verbiage that I judged it by. So I, I don't know if the whole Deshaun Watson thing was, like, the final straw and he had enough, but... I don't think this is just a, this is just like a one thing, you know, like a one-time thing. I think this has been building and building for whatever reason. And I don't know if it's more of, you know, the outside noise getting to him and whatever the case may be. But I got to feel like if he wants the trade, he's got a plan in mind. 
right? Because there's always a backup. I mean, you, you had a pretty good thing in Cleveland. It looks like Deshaun Watson's not coming there. You have probably the best run game in the NFL. You got a pretty solid offensive line. You just got Amari Cooper. You got some pretty good tight ends. So there's worse teams to play for right now than the Cleveland Browns. So I'm not really sure what's going through Baker Mayfield's head. I wonder, though, obviously, we got to talk about it, if Indianapolis would be interested in a guy like that. Yeah, and listen, I don't think Baker's a terrible player. I don't know where he's at. I think he toughed some things out last year. I think he's shown some moments. I don't know if he's ever going to be the, hey, I'll put you on my back and, and lead the team. But I also think he can he can get some things done. I, he's, he's one of those unfairly criticized quarterbacks, in my estimation, in terms of the amount of criticism that he gets. Uh, and he's put himself out there. He's already been – he's a brash guy coming out of Oklahoma. He is in all the TV spots probably a year too early at the very least. Uh, didn't turn any of those down, <laughs> that's yeah, for yeah. sure. And 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 now, like, they were very disappointing last year. And, again, some of that's injury, but they put a big team around him. I can't help but think of the Amari Cooper trade either, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, Amari Cooper's like, yeah, hey, I'm going to Cleveland. That's a pretty good spot. Baker Mayfield, maybe they'll go after Deshaun Watson. Who knows what he knew? <laughs> now, True. he might not have anybody. <laughs> yeah, not. I mean, if I'm Amari Cooper, I'm definitely feeling a little nervous right now as well. Um, but Cleveland has come out and said that they're not going to entertain the idea of trading Baker Mayfield. Now, maybe they get an offer that they can't pass up. But by all indications, it seems like Cleveland is hell-bent on not giving Baker Mayfield what he wants right now. But isn't this like a terrible situation for Baker then? Like, he's he's sitting there. He, he, he writes the love letter. He asks for a divorce. Now he's going to go back in that locker room and lead the football team. Or even more, he's going to go back to that fan base, which can be rabid at times and and unforgiving at times. And he's a guy that's saying, I want it out. I want out. I don't think that's going to be appreciated by much of that fan base that he was trying to get out of there. Definitely not. I mean, essentially he's alienated an entire locker room and a fan base. But what he has to understand that you're in no position to call the shots right now, Baker. Right? Like if this is, you know, maybe Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, it makes sense. You know why? Because they have the resumes to back it up. No, Baker Mayfield's had some good games and some decent seasons, but he's nowhere on the same level as a Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. So when the skill set doesn't justify the outburst or you alienating people, well, now you find yourself in a hole. I think that's what Baker Mayfield's at right now. You're just you're in a situation where you might be in limbo because unless, you know, the, the Browns get a king's ransom for you, which I'm not sure who would even give that for Baker Mayfield when Jameis Winston is still available, I think, in free agency, if I'm not mistaken. So you have other options besides Baker Mayfield. And keep in mind, yeah, maybe they're not the sexiest picks, but there are still some quarterbacks in this draft class that could at least be interesting prospects. So I think Baker Mayfield has to really be careful here of how he handles himself just because, you know, the the, the latter could end up hit him being just a backup quarterback for the rest of his career. I will say this. I'm not convinced that it's a bad move from his camp. I don't know if I love everything about it and the way it's going about it and the public knowledge of it uh, or the public play of it. Uh, right now because I don't think he's going to win the public play. That's the thing. Like, you take it to the public and really go outspoken if you think you're going to win that part. Well, I think he reads the room wrong here, and his agent does, and his camp does, because I don't think that's... You can quietly request a trade, is my point, right? You can poke around and see where who would might be interested and could we make this happen. But he is very public in this over the last couple of days, and I just don't think he's going to win the sentiment there. That being said, I think he has potential landing spots all over the place, Austin. If Deshaun Watson picks 
Atlanta or New Orleans, yep. especially New Orleans, and Atlanta already has Matt Ryan. Well, then Carolina is like, hey, now, we might take Baker Mayfield on this football team. Indianapolis, you already brought up. Seattle, did they really like Drew Locke, even though they said they did like him today, like publicly? But or could they be interested in a guy like Baker Mayfield? But you think they, they, they would trade for Baker Mayfield, like give up draft capital when they have Drew Locke? Like, I mean, I'm not well, sure what, what the numbers look like, but is there that much difference between what Drew Locke's been able to accomplish what Baker Mayfield's done? Well, Maybe I'm wrong. A lot more of a sample I size, I think. You know, a lot more sample, a lot more experience. Um, it, the, the problem the Browns have with this, and here's why they say they're not – you know, meeting this request, at least right now, is what are you going to get for it? You know, like, this isn't one of those mega deals where you're talking about three first-round picks or blah, 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 blah. You know, this is one of those deals like like a fourth-round pick. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like that if the guy wants out? No, want to play for you? Yeah. And, and does he have the resume to command, like, he's not going to get a first-round pick in a trade, is he? No, absolutely not. If, if someone traded a first-round pick for Baker Mayfield – I would definitely question that decision because I think you you could see what, what the draft has to offer. Casey, how do you feel about it? I wouldn't give up anything for Baker Mayfield. <laughs> no, no, hey, nothing Casey, at all. Yeah. Casey, what did Carolina give up for uh, Darnold? Uh, I believe it was a second. I think it was a second and like a third and then like a sixth, something like that. Okay, well, now listen. If, if they gave that up, then maybe that's a lot. I mean, Baker Mayfield's been better than Sam Darnold. I mean, I'm looking at the numbers here. You know, rookie year, 27 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Then he goes 22 and 21. Then he goes 26 and 8, which was, you know, a career year. He goes 11 and 5 overall back in 2020. And then this past season, 17 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. I mean, am I wrong to think that I would rather have Carson Wentz than Baker Mayfield? I don't think you're wrong there. I think I If would. they're both healthy, you know, obviously yeah, that's, that's I, a big caveat. I think uh, I think they're very similar quarterbacks, but I think you're right in this sense. I think Carson's going to make less mistakes than Baker, and he's not going to be a sideshow like this. So then what, are, what did Washington give up to get Carson Wentz? Well, the big thing with Carson Wentz now is the amount of money. So it's a little bit of a different situation. They took on a hefty contract for a team that was trying to unload, and the market wasn't going to be huge. But I, uh, what was that, like a third-round pick or something? wasn't much. Yeah. Third, third or fourth-round pick? Yeah. Uh, third, a 2022 third, a 2023 third, and a 2022 second. Okay, so okay. two-thirds and a second. And again, now, that was a team that felt a little desperate to unload Carson. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, you know, you look at the Sam Darnold and you look at the Carson Wentz. I do put I feel like Baker's a little bit better than that. But your stats don't necessarily indicate that. Mm-hmm. So and, and now you come it comes with, hey, if he's desperately trying to get out, maybe the Browns lose a little leverage here. I think that's why the lever. I think that's why especially the Browns come out and say today. No, we're not making this move. One, if if we're going to lose Baker Mayfield, who do we have playing quarterback? Right. Yeah. And and who are we getting? And two, like, we're not going to – if we sit here and say, yeah, we'll entertain this, well, we've got no leverage in a deal, and we're not going to get as much as we can for him or should for him. But I would say you're probably talking about second-round picks involved in a Baker Mayfield trade mm-hmm. um, is my guess. And, and, by the way, this is also a guy that they're debating whether they should uh, pay him coming up over the next year or so. And uh be very interesting. Now, Baker Mayfield has created a lot of drama here in March – 
And, again, I can't help but think of this is a little bit of Baker. Oh, my feelings are hurt that you looked after Deshaun Watson. I mean, come on now. Deshaun's been at least a way better quarterback um, on the field than, than Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a risky business decision because, obviously, he wasn't going to get a new contract this year, right? Like, you still have to earn um, that. The, the last thing you want to see for Baker Mayfield is him go to a bad team, then all of a sudden, well, it's your contract year, you're not going to get paid. You know, like, I mean, the perfect scenario for Baker Mayfield, I think, would be if somehow the Colts were interested, the Colts trade for him, he plays on a Colts team that should probably be pretty successful, he's not asked to do a lot, and, and, and you know, the, they win. And then maybe in that winning, he has good numbers where they're like, okay, well, maybe we found our guy and we'll extend him a little bit. But it is so risky in in a prove-it year to go, I want out of the situation that I'm in right now and possibly run the risk of going to a worse situation and then what do we have to show for it when that contract's up and teams are looking to sign you? Yeah, I can't help but think of, though, the team that I feel like is going to be very desperate soon to get a quarterback. And you could say Indianapolis is in on this too, but I really feel like Carolina, sooner or later, they're going to get desperate about getting a quarterback. They can't go into this season with Sam Darnold as their guy. I mean, even Casey has sold the jersey. Oh, Casey. Yeah, I returned it, you know. Some Dang of those places it. got long return he, policies, he, I said. just He got his back. he got his eight bucks back. That's how, bad, Sam it jersey. That's how bad it is out there for Sammy, <laughs> Sammy D. We'll be back. Man. Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. We'll give you an update on the NCAA tournament. By the way, coming up after the show tonight, Action Sports Chats OT with Brian and Casey, and then 630 coverage of the NCAA tournament. You're home for March Madness this month and into April right here on ESPN 690. Well, you know, I like to validate um, knowing my ability and what my peers and what my coaches and uh, the people that um, you know make those decisions and uh, that believe in believe in me um, I like to validate that you know over you know any others uh, opinions and so for me you know that's the most important uh, I know what I can do you know I know the value that I bring and um, you know the coaches in the organization see that and you know to me that's all that matters thinking that's Christian Kirk again. New Jacks free agent wide receiver. I've told you this. I've said it a couple of times in case you're just jumping in and missed it. I talked to Jerry Sullivan recently. This was before they got Christian Kirk, but we knew he was a free agent. And I saw him uh, in Jack's speech, uh, former Jags wide receivers coach who spent a lot of time in Arizona, really knows uh, Fitzgerald and Coach Fitzgerald well, who's part of the Arizona organization again this year, so knows Kirk well. And uh, really raved about the young man. And uh, you get that feeling listening to him talking in, in front of a microphone. Um, some of those things that, you know, Jerry said that uh, he's going to be a student of the game, going to work his butt off, those kind of things. And I did think about this today, Austin. I mean, it's, you know, you know Camden uh, Murphy we just had on, he said he went to Monster Truck University or Monster Jam University. Yeah, yeah. Um, if anybody in the NFL has gone to wide receiver university over the last four years, it's Christian Kirk. Yeah. You know, being around Larry Fitzgerald and then more recently DeAndre Hopkins and uh, even A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty yeah, good, I mean, you know? That's, that's, that, yeah, that's definitely quite the, the resume there in terms of professors that you would have at wide receiver university. I thought you were talking about Texas yeah. A&M for a second. Uh, <laughs> and Jerry, well, by the way, Jerry Sullivan was there, and I think Jerry's fantastic, and I think a lot of people think he's fantastic. So, uh, 
you know, how much does that rub off on a player, Austin? Like, you always bring up a guy like Campman. You know, sure. in the past, we talked about in the past, like, uh, like a Puzlozny and his relationship at, at in the early years with guys like Telvin Smith and Miles Jack. Um, how much of an influence are guys? And and now, you know, in Campman's world, like for you, he was very well respected. I, I know maybe a lot of the current fans don't remember Campman. He was here for a short time, but he came in very well respected. Uh, and we obviously know in this situation, like for Kirk, I mean, you're talking about Larry Fitzgerald is like the king of receivers in terms of respect, you know, yeah. in, in recent years. And uh, I don't know if A.J. Green comes with as much of that. I think he's kind of a soft-spoken and, and kind of all business and very professional guy. I know he did have the run-in with Jalen Ramsey, but I think that's the book on him. And then uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I think he's a little bit different. I don't know if he would be. He's not. I don't think he's of the Larry Fitzgerald ilk. But it, you get the sense like Fitzgerald wants to pass along info and knowledge and how to be a pro and all this stuff. But when you played, like, how much did you soak that up as a young player? How much did you see it help, or or is it kind of just like a spoken thing sometimes? Oh no, I mean, I wish I definitely would have, you know, soaked up a lot more of it because there's a lot of information out there if you choose to pursue it. Um, you know, from, like, the Larry Fitzgerald standpoint, from the DeAndre Hopkins standpoint, I mean, I think they're all different receivers, but you can still take a lot of uh, away of what those players can offer in terms of how to take care of your bodies, you know, how to how to read defenses, all of that stuff. So, you know, like, to, to say, like, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, did, did, he, did he show Christian Kirk how to run routes? I mean, probably not, right? These are two different receivers. Uh, Kirk Moore, the slot guy. Hopkins is just literally everywhere, and he's his own style of player sometimes, it seems like. But you can definitely learn how to be a pro. So in terms of, you know, how much did Christian Kirk learn? I mean, I think he learned a lot. You know, he's um, he's been with greatness, and greatness is definitely contagious. And, like, even if you try to avoid it, eventually it's going to rub off on you. And I think with Christian Kirk, it definitely did. Yeah, I, I, I wondered that a little bit. I was thinking a bit more about it. And, again, I think Fitzgerald. Now, Fitzgerald's one of those guys kind of like uh, who does the camp now? Von Miller, right? He has his own, like, pass rush camp. Yep. And Fitzgerald created that and had that. And so he was always kind of helping guys out around the league. I think, what's it, Kelsey now? Is Kelsey the kind of the ringleader of the uh, tight end uh, university or tight end camp that they do? Yeah, it's and so, Kelsey and Kittle, yep. Kelsey and Kittle, okay. Yep. And so, you know, I think Fitzgerald – did that and I think so he wants to share with the young guys but again I think if you're a teammate of him I think it's even even you know amplified yeah and and then seeing these other guys I mean talk about really three super talents <laughs> it's Cheryl AJ Green and um and DeAndre Hopkins to be around and soak stuff in and uh you know Christian Kirk's a different guy he's a different player but I like that I, I really like where he came from and I'll tell you what else I've said you know me I, I say this all the time Arizona needs me to like work for their organization because I give them so much love on this front for sure I am man I I do I think they I think they have like this it factor out there and it hasn't un amazingly enough it really hasn't led to like Super Bowls or anything else but from a culture standpoint they seem to have guys that are just really good guys mm -hmm. and I, I can't imagine every one on the 53 is but I mean they have some staple men uh, that are also good players from Calais to Fitzgerald uh, it goes all the way back we, when we had this conversation to guys like Carson Palmer I, I think I've heard similar stories about Peterson um, the corner and uh, who's no longer is there Patrick Peterson and uh, even a guy like Buda Baker now you know I, they have a niche for that 
And I think I've heard the similar thing about Kirk. I think you're going to get that in this locker room uh, with Christian Kirk. So I don't know. I like I like the pedigree, I guess. Not so much as Texas A&M, but coming from the Arizona last few years. No, sure. I mean, you know, they, they do have a lot of great players. It's like you said. I mean, they unfortunately haven't been able to win a lot in terms of, of championships. But um, anytime you can get good locker room guys, it's only going to make a difference. Yeah, so we'll see. Christian Kirk, he's really the most important signing the Jacksonville Jaguars made, right? Like I said early, Fadakasi might be their biggest one um, and and might have been the most important from their perspective to shore up the interior of their line. Like their, their interior, uh, they needed a lot of upgrade, and they may still go after that in the draft. But in terms of does this class work out? Do the Jags take a step? Does Trevor Lawrence get better? Did you do enough to help him? Christian Kirk, you know, might be the most important piece, uh, whether the Jags coveted him number one on their list or not, but might be the most important piece of this free agent class. No, it's not like, you know, the outside optics are everything, but the optics are going to be drawn to how Christian Kirk does because he's been the free agent that, people have been the most critical of and you know rightfully so and even he's acknowledged that um but you know for, for the amount of money that he's making he's gonna have to step into a, a newer role in terms of more production you know hopefully getting over a thousand yards so i think definitely the most important piece is christian kirk because once again it's in direct correlation of your franchise and trevor lawrence Absolutely. Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, Austin Lane, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We have no updates on the Gators, the Goose. The Goose is long gone. The Gator, nothing. Nothing doing today, guys? No, the, the Goose walks around. It's just he's not really bothering anybody anymore, I feel like. I think he yeah, got to like put in his place. <laughs> it might have been you. Oh, like, you might have been. Might have been. I just looked for the Gator. Didn't see him either, by the way. Ah, oh, bummer. The go- so you're the Goose Whisperer. Uh, I mean, I wasn't whispering at the goose, but um, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I calmed them down a little bit. About time. Uh, you might have. Someone had. You might have got that done. Yeah. Um, coming up at five o'clock, I want you guys to think about this a little bit too. What the Jags have now done in free agency? What does it do for their draft? How does their draft line up? We've discussed already this week about um, the number one overall pick. We think it's a slam dunk. Uh, like, in fact, I might go to Aiden Hutchinson's hometown. Where is he from? I don't know. I gotta look it up. He's from Michigan. I mean, I know is that, but Michigan where, where yeah, Michigan though? Do we Detroit, big city? Can, can we go watch like, uh, a Wings game? I'll come with that. Uh, the the Wings still play. He's from Plymouth, Michigan. Yes, the Red Wings still play. Yes. Dang. Yes, oh, okay. yes, they still play. Thank you. Well, he was born in Plymouth, Michigan. I'm not sure if uh, they got a Kroger there. Early years. He says they he went to Divine Child. Kroger, Divine Child High School, Dearborn. He was is that, is that a, yeah, Dearborn's right, oh, uh, Dearborn? right in the middle of everything. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I lived in Dearborn when I, when I played for, yeah when I played for the Lions. Oh, that's uh, where you. Oh, that's so that's right you, outside Detroit. Yeah, De- Dearborn doesn't play around now. Okay, I see Hutchinson. <laughs> Got a little attitude. What do you mean by that? I <laughs> mean it's De- Dearborn. There's uh, I, I told you the story of the uh, what do they call them? What was the name? Oh, the Murder Bears. I, I've told this story before on the show. I, I know I have. Yeah. There, Remind us. Okay. Well, I mean, it's pretty intense. So when I got to Detroit and, like, the assistant or whatever picked me up um, from the airport, you know, I'm riding with him, and I'm like, all right, so here I'm thinking, like, everything's downtown. It couldn't be any farther from the truth. Like, Dearborn is probably a good 20 to 30-minute drive away from, like, the inner city of Detroit. So we're driving to Dearborn, Dearborn to, the, um, to the facility, 
And, like, I look at this fence, and there's, like, a, a bunch of, like, just bears on this fence. It's, like, you know, it's middle of winter, too, so there's snow, but like, there's, like, these neon bears. And then I go to the guy. I'm like, dude, what, what's up with all these bears on the fence? He goes, oh, those bears? I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, we call those the murder bears. I'm like, okay, what are the murder bears? Well, anytime someone gets killed, the family will put a bird on the uh, a bear on the fence, and like they'll sign it, and that's like the murder bears. I'm like, oh, okay. There's a lot of bears. That's all I'm saying. That's a lot of bears. There, there, there's a lot of bears. <laughs> I, I do remember you telling us okay, the story. Okay, I told the story. I didn't want to tell it again. It's pretty depressing, but hey, you asked for it, you got it. Hey, well, listen, we uh, listen. Fastest growing show around. I mean, we can't assume that people are listening two years ago when you told that story. Oh, I'm just I saying. Mean, yeah. Uh, the the uh, the I will say this. The only we think it's a lock Aiden Hutchinson's coming to Jacksonville. The only way it would be more of a lock is if the Jags had hired Robert Sala instead of Urban Meyer last year. Yeah. Because Sala's from Dearborn as well. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's from Dearborn. I like it. So Dearborn tough, bro. You know what I'm saying? Dearborn tough. Dearborn yeah, tough. I like that. Yeah. Uh, so should I go to his hometown or not? Yeah, I mean, I still like. I mean, all things considered, like I enjoyed some of the aspects of Dearborn. I had fun there. All right, there we go. Maybe a little trip to Aiden Hutchinson's hometown. Maybe on the way to the pickle in in Wisconsin this summer. Yep. Maybe do a little story on Leroy Butler as well. Now I'm going to be honest. That's not. It's nowhere even close in the same ballpark. But <laughs> we can make that work. Well, I I know, but we just okay. have like a stopover. It's in closer Detroit, to Florida. You know? I mean, it is closer to Florida. Yeah. I'd probably still fly. fly Detroit to. Where am I flying into Wisconsin? By the way, oh, like you, on to Milwaukee. No, no, you. I mean, if if you're real classy, you're gonna fly into A Town, A.K.A. Appleton. You know, fly into Appleton. Oh, if you're real Appleton. classy. Yeah, that's that's like where yeah. the, the 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 Jaguars would fly in if they if for the Packers, because Appleton okay, is like more expensive. Not really. It's just a really small airport. Like, if you want a pro tip, they got direct flights from Daytona. Oh. Uh, Samford to oh. Appleton um, every Thursday okay. and Sunday. I think that is. Okay, just don't miss your flight. It's a heck of a tip. Um, yeah, one of those type of deals. I got you. Yeah, well, don't miss your flight because it's the only flight that goes out. So, yeah, if you miss That's your flight, then then you're done. Yo, is it one of those airlines We're, where I'd have to, like, buy water? Like, it's not free? I mean, in, okay. Probably. In, in terms of, like, the tier lists of of <laughs> airlines, yeah. Zay Jones. <laughs> <laughs> That's not it. Where are, you, where are we flying in to go to your hometown? Mine? Because I got to go see your grandpa. Yeah, Appleton. Appleton. Oh, even for your hometown? Yeah. Not Chicago or something? Okay. Well, are you Chica we driving three hours from Chicago to go to my hometown? Absolutely not. Well, how well how far is Appleton from your hometown? Oh, man, we're talking like 25, 30 minutes, depending. Oh, you're that close. Yeah, yeah. Right I next thought door. you were a little further away. Than, we're, uh, well, you just, I thought you were further away from Lambeau. Than that you just said the Jags would fly into Appleton. No, to go to so, so it's super hard to explain. So where I'm from is right in the middle of the state. Appleton is like 25 to 30 minutes where I grew up, and then on the other side of Appleton, that's where Green Bay is. So like Green okay. Bay is really about an hour from me because you have to go past Appleton to get to Green Bay. If that okay. makes sense. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, for some reason in my mind, I didn't think you were at that close to Green Bay. Um, but you're pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Where you grew up. Yeah. Yeah, good deal. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll make uh, – I'm working on it. Cool. I'll be looking at June. Well, actually, I might have to go earlier because I'm going to do his draft special. So uh, I'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll plan it. Okay, uh, well, I mean, anyway. make sure, like, you, you consult me, though, because, like, we, we can go to some, like, backwater bashers and stuff because the, the, those what? go on in the – yeah, in the summertime, the backwater bash. I'll, I'll tell you about it later. Just, okay. It's just I a like giant this. party. Yeah.
So should I really hold off the? We, we got to do. We want to do the Green Bay trip or the Wisconsin trip in the summer, then, right? I mean, not summertime. Yeah, I don't do it next month, man. I, I would wait till the summertime. All right, yeah. we'll plan on June instead. Cool. Um, Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. Uh, we might need to call your grandpa for something I have next for you. Uh, we'll be back All on right. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN six ninety. A big part of my decision was uh, was Doug, um, him coming in here. Um, obviously, playing against him twice a year the last five, four years when he was in Philly, um, and his his resume and pedigree using the tight end position um, and some of the talent that he's developed uh, was a big part of my decision. And uh, and having Trevor at quarterback and even the direction they were going in free agency, and uh, I just I, I kind of felt that it was headed, starting to head in the right direction. And I wanted to be a part of it. Oh, was that more Kirk or was that Evan Ingram? Evan Ingram. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, that is the uh, new tight end or one of the new tight ends. I'm excited about that room early. I'm Ingram and Dan Arnold. I, I, I got excited about Dan Arnold last year. I hope that comes to fruition. And uh, this maybe is the best pass-receiving production the Jacksonville Jaguars have on paper coming out of that tight end room in, in quite some time. Uh, here in Jacksonville. Brent Martin, no, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. All right, more football talk coming up, including what are the Jags going to do in the draft based on now that all their, well, not all, but some of their free agency stuff is done. Where does that leave them a little depleted still and need to go in the draft? And also, there are a few big names still out there. Should the Jags have any interest? We're going to get into that. But first, did you see the B story yesterday on the Buckman Bridge? I Austin did. Lane? Yeah, I saw that you sent that to me. It, insane. It, it, it was crazy. And so I, I love when Austin talks bees, but did you read the article? Do you know what happened here? I do. Okay, so, I mean, it's pretty wild. What I continue to be so impressed with with the bees is how smart they are. Yes. Right? And so what happened yesterday is there was a crash on the Buckman Bridge, and bees were being transported. And you catch me if I say anything wrong. Sure. Because I don't want to offend your grandpa. Okay. And or me, the, but yep. So, or you. Yeah. More importantly, grandpa. Okay. And uh, so the, the bees... During transport, I guess they don't, like, seal anything, the hive. They don't seal the hive, but because of the motion of the car, they stay in the hive. Correct. And so then when it comes to a stop and there's a bunch of backup because of the crash on the Buckman Bridge, they think because of the fumes that entered the, you know, the vehicle, that forced the hive and the swarm to go elsewhere. Yes. Well, then there's a swarm of bees on, like, other cars. Yes. And that's a picture I just shared. So fascinating moment on the Buckman Bridge yesterday. Yeah. Now, listen, I'm not going to tell Action News Jacks how to do their job because, I, first uh -oh. of all, but most importantly, everybody was okay, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. N nobody was really yes. hurt. Yes. A, a lot of focus on the drivers that were, you know, swarmed by bees and not enough focus on what happened to the bees after. Because last time I checked, the drivers aren't pollinating anything. These bees are. So let's, well, let's a little more attention. Are the bees okay? Will, will, will the bees be back to 100%? Are the bees on IR? I don't know, Brent, because you guys didn't tell me. Yeah, that's a good question. I will look into that and try to find out, but I agree with you. Like, so how did they capture the bees, right? Yeah. Or did they? Or did they just go off on their own? I mean, I hope they didn't go off on their own because more if they don't have a hive, then they're, they're going to die out. You know, yeah, you know so, what I'm saying? So, like, if they don't... Oh, I mean, is that what happens? Well, yeah. So, like, if, if the bee doesn't have, a, like, a destination to go and it's lost, then it's probably going to die because it, it, it can't just go to a new hive. 
Right, like, so if a bunch of bees are swirling around in the wild and all of a sudden that truck took off with the hive and the bees are lost, yeah, they're, they're probably screwed, so. Okay. That's, uh, th- that that's what sense. I was concerned about. Once again, everybody is okay, to... so I'm glad. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to find the answers. Thank you very much. Now, maybe if you had a convertible, well, you know, don't have a, <laughs> don't have a convertible then, you know? I mean, I don't tell you. Or at least well, put the but, top on it. I don't know. But I tell, I pass this along all the time now, this bee knowledge that I gain on the show, which is very impressive from you. Yeah. And so one of the things, like, I'll see people, like, spazzing out about, like, uh, like a bee near them. I'm like, hey, just stay still. Yeah, just chill. bee doesn't want to sting you. Just chill. bee doesn't want to sting you. Yeah. And so, but I, I do feel like they are a very feared, uh, what do they call it? Not an animal. Um, Insect? Insect? Is that an insect? Is, bee, is a bee an insect? <sighs> I mean... What? Well, it's... What do they call it? It's not an arag... It's... Yeah, it's technically it's an insect, yeah, but... I don't know if I guess that's, like, the correct term, Casey. Hey, listen, I don't know what the term is, but, like, some of us are trying to survive here, Brent, freaking yes, out I mean, about I mean, the bees I mean, by I mean, them. Bees, bees are an insect. You could technically say yes. But, but I'm just telling you, what you've learned on ESPN 690 over the years is you should not fear the bee as well, much as you do. Well, Casey should. I just want to live. super allergic. Well, that's true. I forgot so, about So you, Casey's got a... I mean, Casey, I'd prefer if you didn't, like, you know... If it was a honeybee, you don't try to kill it, but I, I, I well, get no, it. Well, no, I'm not out here I trying. I'm not you know, choosing it's, violence. It's killer bee. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if they choose violence with me, then we're going to have to well, do something. No, man, I get it. It's oh. killer bee killed. I understand that. But, you know, I got your back. If there's bees in here, I try to, you know, escort them out the proper way. Appreciate it. I don't know if you're not choosing violence, but you tried to break the neck of a goose earlier and also tried to get the gator to eat the goose earlier this week. So, Well, I mean, I think we're all hoping for that, that the gator eats the goose for more than one reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And, and now, and, and by the way, to set the story, did, did I say that in another show where people are a little more, um, I don't want to call it, but yeah, the, great word, sensitive. <laughs> and, and was I asked to be quiet about it? Maybe. But I'm going to keep on talking on this sports show because I can be myself here. And believe me when I say, I'm not going to complain if that alligator decides to eat that goose. It's, it's yeah. the wild. It's nature. It's what we live in. Deal with it. It happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. I just, I just want video. Of the, of the gator eating the goose? That'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking, Brent, can, and uh, maybe we shouldn't talk about this on the radio. Can I go to, to, like, a certain grocery store maybe and, like, buy some, like, I don't know, like, livers and, and some steaks and stuff and like kind of bait the gator to try to get him to come you know like you know you know what i'm yeah. saying like kind of like you know start yeah. to get start to, start to coax him get a little more friendly with him um and maybe am, develop a relationship i am not especially live on air giving you permission to feed the gator okay uh not doing that yeah. that's not me that's all okay awesome. but you're not saying that you, i can't do it either I, I didn't say that okay we'll be back football okay. at five that's what i'm saying Point taken. jacks on espn 690